Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Egg Chasers. Welcome to the Egg Chasers podcast, episode number two. I'm Tim uh, with the usual crew. Do you mind being referred to as a crew? Run. Team? Squad? Team, squad. Squad. Gabble. I like that. Uh, JB, the angry Welshman. What's that? Waving doesn't really come across. <laughs> on, uh... um, hi, Tim. Uh, Blake, the rugby league convert. Hi, Tim. <laughs> and uh, the man who brings us proper credibility because he earns a crust from playing rugby, <laughs> although not very much because he's with Sedgley Park. It's Phil. Hi, Tim. Hi, right. Egg Chasers. Yes, hello, Egg Chasers. And uh, do get in touch, give your thoughts on anything you hear during the podcast and you could feature on the very next episode. It's at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and eggchasers.com is our website as well where there's loads more stuff. Right, shall we get going then with the State of the Union? The Rugby Championship. Let's talk Rugby Championship for a second. Yeah, did you see the fantastic game between Cornish Pirates and uh, <laughs> Bristol yesterday? Yeah, it's very good. I did notice the return of Gavin Cattle. I, I thought he he retired like two years ago. Good scrum half. He's been in the dream yeah. team in the championship year after year. He's yeah, great, he great player. This does actually highlight just how ridiculous the name of the tournament for the four th- Southern Hemisphere teams is because it's just called the Rugby Championship. That is that not the worst name of a rugby tournament? Dreadful. Absolutely awful. Get Super in there. It's worked for everybody else. <laughs> Just put Super somewhere in the name and I'm sure that the viewing figures will go through What about the, the Southern Hemisphere International Tournament? What's the, what's the acronym for that? Well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's have the words intercontinental. Tricontinent after the Tri-Nations. The, I like that. It's a Tricontinental Bowl. <laughs> there you go. Or the Quad Nations. <laughs> uh, so what do you make of, the, of that so far as far as I can tell just the, the gap between South Africa and New Zealand and, and the rest of world rugby is just growing yeah massively New Zealand are by far the best team in the world at the moment um, South Africa close second probably their chances on Saturday were slightly affected by Romain Poir just slightly I, I haven't actually seen this but I've heard he's had a nightmare he had a horror show. Yeah, the, the first yellow card for Bismarck Duplessis, probably the hardest man in world rugby at the moment, um, it was never a yellow card. It, it was a perfectly legitimate tackle that was given as a, as a shoulder charge, no arm tackle, uh, yellow card. Weirdly, he referred the brawl that ensued afterwards to the um, fourth official, but didn't refer the incident. So the, the fourth official showed that there was, oh, yeah. there was no problem with the brawl. There was a bit of pushing and argy-bargy, but nothing wrong. Can but, we rename it then? I hate being the word brawl being brawl. thrown about if, if there's a bit of argy bargy. <laughs> we'll call it an argy bargy from now. Ham, yeah, handbags or there's a bit of a scuffle. I, I don't. But the, the hit was a, a brilliant, legitimate hit. Mm. I enjoy a good brawl or argy bargy. 
What the South Africans must make of this, who love a good brawl, I, I do not know. <laughs> How big are the South Africans? It's ridiculous. That they pack. are big guys. It's pretty intimidating. It's unbelievable. So everybody in South Africa, if you ever if you ever go, this is how I imagine Irish people feel when I walk walk around there. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at South Africa and New Zealand and going, right, bar the odd player, a World 15 is between these 30 guys right here. How many Northern Hemisphere players, I, I just fear the gap is growing, how many Northern Hemisphere players would make it into a World 15? A couple Ooh. possibly in the front row. Adam Jones. Adam and Jones. I think you need yeah. to look at the French team. Douce Tour, something like that. But, Ducetour, you know. uh, Domingo, yeah. the front row for France, is pretty, oh, he's pretty handy. Awesome. Uh, he's ridiculous. He's a, he's a special specimen. Fofana mm. as well is one of the best inside centres But in would, the he world. Get in a, would he get in, a, in a centre, though? Uh, it'd be tough competition. He'd probably get in the 23, Jean de Villiers or Conrad Smith. Conrad Smith. George North, he'd be, he'd be in yeah. a World 15 on the wing, wouldn't he? I'd have thought so. North yeah. Alien. <laughs> exactly. This, this is kind of my point. So far, we're only mentioning Welsh players, and probably Lee Halfpenny would be in with a shout as well. Uh, yeah. Jamie Roberts would probably give it a good go. Jamie Roberts. Mm, I mean, if you look no. at if you well, if you're looking at Jan, like Jan de Villiers, why yeah. wouldn't you look at Jamie Roberts? A lot more skillful, much better hands, mm. one-dimensional. Uh, it's a very good dimension, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's, a, it's a very impressive. It's a dimension. massively impressive dimension. So, yeah, but yeah, well, there we go. So the ones that are even in with a shout that we're mentioning are all Welsh from the home unions, at least. Which of the Englishmen is closest? Then is this a worrying sign for for us? Maybe yeah. one of the scrum halves. They're all pretty yeah. good at scrum half. Youngs and Care are pretty good. Yeah, but they're only pretty good though, aren't they? There's a few who, a few years down the line, could be there. Possibly Launchbury, possibly one of the Vunipolas. So, uh, so the New Zealanders that we're playing might get well, in the New Zealand sorry. team. Brilliant. <laughs> 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 I think we'll uh, we'll move on with that one and go to the uh, next point in the State of the Union, gents. <laughs> And moving over to football for a second, and the headgear that Wayne Rooney wore in order to play for Manchester United against Crystal Palace. Very fetching. Can you describe it for me? It was like those earmuff things that runners wear, but made of the stuff that scrum caps are made out of and worn above the ears. It did get me thinking about the other items that you see on footballers, some of which have made it into rugby. And I'm wondering which of these might make further moves into it. So uh, we've seen the protective headgear, you know, Petacek wore a rugby Scrum cap, basically, still wears one. The rather worrying development of um, footballing sleeve tattoos coming over to rugby is, is, is what concerns me most. <laughs> In fact, I'd say that the rugby league guys are actually trailblazing. Well, yeah. We're leading the way. Yeah, 100%. What really worries me about this kind of stuff is training gear that's made its way onto acceptable to wear out in public. If you ever see a man in an Under Armour on, a, on the street, I, I don't, that's not acceptable and I think I think it should stop. <laughs> I saw a worrying thing in week one of the Premiership and that was Luke Wallace of Harlequins wearing an Alice band. You know, the sort of thing that Fernando Torres and David Beckham used to wear, just keeping the hair off their face but meaning they have it long. In the match? Got a haircut. Yeah, Luke Wallace wore it in during a game for Harlequins. He wore an Alice band. I, mean, I, I think the general shock in the in the room is probably saying everything. Uh, I, I'm speechless. I, I tell you what, I remember David Seymour when he had his long hair. I'm pretty sure that he did the old David Beckham, you know, the two samurai, th- the, you know, the two oh, samurai ponytails. Yeah. Yes. And I'm sure he did one to the side too. What, like a plat? No. Like, do, you like, do you know when you go to watch these boxing events and you see the young ladies going out with the with the amateur boxers and they have their hair slightly to the side? That kind of look, like actually <laughs> a ponytail to the side, like like in a bad British hip hop video. 
Yeah. I, I think there's a manly there is manly ways to keep your hair back. Um, like a lot of Ireland are, a lot yeah, cutting <laughs> it is probably number one. But you do see <laughs> that's right up there. But you do see um, a lot of islanders who've got those tiny little ponytails that go down the back of there, and I personally think they're quite cool. You think they're manly <laughs> and cool? I think I think the they're rat really tail. Cool. Yeah. What are they? Does anyone know what they're actually what they're actually? Yeah, for? I was gonna say before we start ridiculing like Mullapola's long rat's tail, I don't know if it's like a a religious thing. Cultural. Cool. <laughs> Cultural, cultural and or religious so yeah, maybe not, we'll swerve not that. interested in either right I want to ask you this uh, we've got a couple of backs in amongst us Phil and Blake are both wingers so have you ever worn tights during a competitive match because I know that a lot of players wear this in training now nowadays never in a match uh, mm. I did tour in Poland a few years ago mid-December and the standard Polish uh, playing kit is a full tracksuit underneath your shorts and rugby tops wow but uh, no, never worn tights for a game. I've definitely worn tights for a game. For a proper game. Of union, not league. It or? was both, actually. I've, I've done, I, <laughs> You're a cross-code I'm a cross-code tight wearer, tight wearer but... I thought it was quite a sensible move, to be honest. <laughs> no. Well, do you know? Do you know where that originated? The wearing of tights. I know it's very. Like Ryan I said, Giggs. It's commonplace to uh, pretty much every uh, rugby club up and down the land these days on training nights. But it was for Leicester Football Club. Keith Weller was the player and it was for an FA Cup tie in the 70s it was nearly frozen off and he brought with him and wore a pair of his wife's tights because yeah, oh, wow. Under Armour wouldn't have been available in the 70s <laughs> no, not, this not is even true. close this wow. is true and, and one final thing just to round this one off then another thing which I think started in football and has moved across the rugby and is now just commonplace the colour of people's boots but I don't think anyone cares now no, and they're also doing the things like uh, two different boots. So if you've got the same boots as your teammate, you just swap one like one boot each. So you have a, a blue one and a yellow one. <laughs> I don't Does think that... that's ever happened. Oh, it has. It has happened. You're thinking of In... barbarian socks. Am I? I don't think so. Because <laughs> I know you are uh, someone who occasionally dabbles in the front row with pink boots on. I have had pink boots and I have been in the front row, so <laughs> well, both those statements are true. <laughs> right, we'll move on. Let's talk about this Heineken Cup standoff between the English and French who are t- threatening a breakaway and the Pro 12 stance, but then the, the curveball's been thrown in where Leinster are going, we're going with the English and French. Wise. Yeah. Very who's right, well. who's wrong? Do you have an opinion? No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the English and French are correct. It's a bit of a joke at the moment. Uh, no, I, I disagree, actually. I, I think the format of it is fundamentally right. All the English and French want to do is add more... Uh, is add more of their teams now or, it's up to them how they organise their own domestic league well no they want to have fewer of the Pro 12 because at the moment all 12 of the Pro 12 teams qualify for the Heineken Cup that's right whereas it's only the top half of the French and but, English, English league. but that's up to them how they organise their well, allocation of Heineken Cup spaces well no it's not because European Rugby Commission or whatever they're called are dictating how many of each country and they're also distributing the funds so the Pro 12 team get 52% of the, the funds whereas the English and French share the rest of it. So it's fundamentally flawed at the moment, particularly when you consider that the majority of the best teams are in England and France, beside a few Irish teams. No one wants to see Zebra versus Connor in the Heineken Cup, do they? Well, what we're going to say, say then is we're going to have one Welsh team, one Irish team, or maybe none. It could, have, it could be three Irish teams, one Scottish team, and the whole point of the Heineken Cup is European flavour. Agreed, it should be the Celtic and, and Italian teams. They should have a, a shot at it, but it should be based on performance. You shouldn't just have all the Pro 12 qualifying automatically. I've got an analogy. I see this as like when people who live in the countryside moan that their broadband is rubbish, right? <laughs> and the cost of putting the cabling 
to those people uh, would be great for those people, but the cost has to be absorbed by everyone, whether you live in the city or the countryside. We all t- we all sort of contribute to that in one way or another. Should we put the Italian, Welsh, Scottish and Irish rugby back on, like, dial-up? A little bit like socialism, actually, I'm not part of that. <laughs> you know, if you're like Brian Kennedy, the owner of Sale, and I'm the match announcer of Sale, believe me, I want nothing more than to be stood next to a dugout where Toulouse and Toulon and Leinster are coming. If you're running a, a premiership club at a loss and you're watching Zebra getting the Heineken Cup, yeah. losing every single game in the last year. Not even winning a game in the Pro 12. I know. Yeah, but you got but yeah. getting a Heineken Cup. Place. But then on the flip side, you kind of go, well, if you just take the funding away from Zebra, that's going to go. All the pre- all the exactly. professional players will be gone and Italy will never move on as a, it, as a country in international so, rugby. How about... Let's just be a bit like Italy for a second in a war. Surrender. And just pick a side. You can change your mind down. You can change your mind down the road. Losing sides. You can change your mind down the road, but let's just pick. So if you had to pick one way or the other, keep it as it is, or change it as the English and uh, French teams have said. What would you do, JB? Keep it as it is. It's a good competition. Uh, keep it as it is. <laughs> Phil, I'd change it. <sighs> and Cocker. If it was only a choice of completely changing it and keeping it the same, I'd keep it the same. But go. I think there's got to be a middle ground. Wow. That was quite a quite a serious debate there, gents. <laughs> Too serious. Well done. That was good. I enjoyed that. Uh, right then, uh, gents. Now, you remember last week on the Rucked Up interview, there was a, a really insightful chat with Gavin Henson. Uh, today, I've managed to bag James Haskell. Injured currently, but back in the Premiership with London Wasps after v- going to Japan, New Zealand and France, of course. Uh, so here it is then, the rucked up interview with James Haskell. But before we get going, uh, JB, our League Illegal. Yeah, I've got to tell you uh, that this is strictly not real. It's rucked up, man. James Haskell, welcome. And did you catch the, the first podcast from last week? Uh, I literally had no idea what was going on um, for, for most of the time. Oh, well, sorry about that, James. We'll try and make this one a little bit better. Let's move on with the chat. And let me take you back to the 2011 World Cup. You're in New Zealand. You're out on one of these nights out that we heard about in the tabloid papers. What really went on in those bars? You see some bizarre things. Dancing dwarf holding a Jaeger bottle. They'd be on fire, scream, fighting each other or knocking each other out. They were always trying to headbutt me, so I was swerving it at all times. So it was all true. Well, that was really honest of you. I appreciate that, James. Be honest about this. Of your England teammates, who do you find most attractive? Danny Kerr. Danny's a very good-looking guy. Danny and I spent the Sunday afternoon just getting into each other. Crikey. Uh, thank you, James, I think. Um, right, quick-fire question time. How many players in a rugby team? I don't know, really. Do you know what I'd go for? Um, 17. Uh, uh, no, close. Uh, what's your favourite animal, James? Wasps. Yeah, I probably could have guessed that one. Right, uh, your mobile phone, get it out. There it is, yeah. Now, look at the last text message you got sent. What does it say? You're a prick, signed Warren Gatland. <laughs> He's not messing about. Uh, right, next question, James. What, what's the nickname for your privates? Angry Squirrel. And who came up with that name? Joe Worsley. Angry Squirrel. Nice. One more thing before you go. Um, can we get one picture of you, maybe where you're wearing some rugby kit? Just for our website, you know. Um, I mean, there's very rarely a photo of me with my clothes on. Yeah, that's kind of the problem we're having. Oh, well. Uh, cheers, James. You know, I enjoyed it. It was uh, very good. It's rocked up, man. Wow, uh, very insightful there. Chat from James Haskell, I'm sure you agree. Fascinating. Uh, <laughs> he's in ridiculous shape, that man, isn't he? He's a freak. I mean, 
Out and out freak. I'd like to see him fight uh, PSB. So this, this is how my mind works. Every time I see, <laughs> you know, see someone on the rugby field, it looks fairly muscular. Could he fight PSB? When you just see him, like a, a shot of him, his shoulders and stuff, he looks like he's got one of those shrunken heads that those African <laughs> tribes get. His head is tiny. He is just a monster of a man. And, and every team has one of those massive mutes that to look at, you go, oh my God, you're going to be a world beater. And then actually when the whistle goes and they start, there's, there's other players that, that are a bit better. Oh, oh, oh uh, Tony Buckley. Big lad. Yep. He is a proper meathead as yes, well. Yes, he, he is. And let's stop there. Yeah. With the, the huge players who look like they're going to be incredible, the lower level it is, the more impressive someone looks, the worse they are. Yeah, it's, 100%. Yeah, completely inverse. I've played against some huge men who are absolutely awful. Yeah. But they think, oh, well, he's 16 stone and can run 100 metres in 11 seconds, put him in 13. That's, no, J- that's JB, one. isn't it? <laughs> 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 yeah, you just you watch these guys in the warm-up and go, oh, man, we've got our hands full there. Why and me? And they, can't, <laughs> they, can't, they can't catch or pass. But what do you make of James Haskell? Is he Tom Croft's out for the season? Has Haskell got any chance of getting that six shirt? Tom Wood would be Tom the Wood, first yeah. choice. Um, Vunipolo was playing six at the weekend. Uh, ben Morgan Just and then Rob me. Shaw can go to six. Yeah. Uh, no. He seems like an interesting guy, Haskell, though. He's got a, a lot of other interests yeah. off the rugby field. Yeah, Supplements, I, coffee. I quite, I quite yeah. respect that because I've always said if I was, say, a professional footballer and I had the, the, the potential to earn like anywhere between five grand a week to 120 grand a week, why wouldn't I go to Brazil for one year and pick up you know, 20,000 and oh, sit yeah. on the beach? Yeah, and, and travelling the world as well. Exactly. He's played in France, Japan, New Zealand. No doubt he'll be a, a pundit at uh, some point. I do find, though, that James Haskell, the brand, it's going down the, the footballer route a little bit, he isn't it? Does, his favourite hobby does seem to be posting workout videos of himself on YouTube. <laughs> Topless. Topless. <laughs> to be fair, well if I look like that, I, I, you wouldn't get me putting any clothes on ever. Oh, let me just say, by the way, um, the website's now live. Have you seen it? Very impressive. Good, eh? Yeah, yeah, Very yeah, impressive. yeah, not bad. Not Profesh- bad. Very professional. Yeah, well, we are. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, this is uh, this is the International Rugby Centre. West Wing Studios. I mean, Studio C- 15. Studio, Studio 15, 15 yeah. yeah. So uh, it's www. We don't need to say www anymore. No one says www anymore. HTTP. Colon, forward slash, forward slash. It's eggchasers.com. So uh, get on there and see what we're muttering about. Get involved as well. And at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, uh, which is where I want to direct you for this, because we're about to select another dream team. Uh, and this is uh, a dream team because... Invariably, one of us, Seg Chasers, wakes up out of a slumber and we've invented some little topic to pick a 15 over. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. Today's 15 was actually, what was your idea, wasn't it, JB? Uh, it, it might have been. I might have had a hand in it. Brothers, rugby brothers, where one player is loads better or worse than the other. The runt of the litter 15. <laughs> Or I've got a job because my brother's really good 15. Well, in yes. some cases. In some cases. In some cases. So let's let's go 1 to 15 then. I could not think of a single front, front row. How awful is that? Thanks for suggesting the topic. My 15. <laughs> I've got loads, loads of others. There's loads of good, good but, sounds. Yeah, and there's loads of brothers that play in the front row. Yeah. But there's no bad ones. Well, Tom Young for quite a while was the runt of the litter mm. until obviously until he the last couple of the years and then okay. the Lions tour when he, he was starting. Tom Young and your success. <laughs> Uh, you've got the Franks brothers, pretty good. Yeah. You'd be struggling to say one of them is a runt of any litter. Uh, uh, and the Duplessis brothers. brothers. I'll let you tell, them, you tell uh, Yanni that he's the runt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's quite a few. but no. All right, so we need a bit of help with the front row. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So front row on this uh, runt of the litter. 15. I do have a hooker, though. Go on. Uh, Tim Rouse. Scott Briggs. Neil Briggs. Neil Briggs is Neil Briggs brother. of Leicester Tigers, formerly Sale. 
Uh, London Welsh. Neil London Welsh. Got, got a brother that plays. He plays for Sedgley Park. There you go. Does he? Thank you, Mr. Briggs. Uh, <laughs> and, and thank you, JB, for bringing me up. Yes. Uh, yes. So th- th- this is actually how this topic came about. My my brother plays for London Irish. Can but <laughs> what in my defence, and this is probably what a lot of these people will pick would say, is I was way better than him when we were younger. Hang on. <laughs> Can you prop? No. Oh, I, thought, I, know, I, I thought we had a way out. <laughs> <laughs> we need some help with prop. We're loaded with hookers. Uh, let's move on to the to the row then. Oh, where do we start? We could use Craig Quinnell. We could oh, use yes. Quinnell. <laughs> Brent, uh, Brent Cobain. Uh, Brent Cobain. Cobain. What yeah. was his brother? Matt. Matt Cobain. Uh, World, Cu- World Cup winner, yeah. sixty caps. Brent Cobain. Um, well, he, he went on a Lions tour. He didn't get a cap, but he went on a Lions tour. Quite, quite good for Os- for Ospreys before he came over, but he wasn't as good as his brother Matt, who had I think sixty eight caps. So we're loaded with second uh, rows. Caleb Benazi, the brother of Abdel Benazi. <laughs> what a great player his brother oh, was! Oh, I've got a great one. I've got a great one. <laughs> Will Johnson, Leicester Tigers. Oh, let's move into the back row. He, he was a six, wasn't he? He could play second row, uh, row as well. Oh, we've got loads of back rows as well, then. Oh, have we? Good. I don't know. Well, let's 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 put Will Johnson at six because we're loaded with Quinnells, Cobain, well, and we could Benazi. Put Will, Will, Will Johnson, Johnson at eight, and then move Cobain to six. He has played play six. Well, hold on. I, I, I might want to suggest Mark Easter for eight as well. Oh, Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, very good call. Because for a long time, I think Mark Easter was sort of the better of the two. Nick, Nick Easter was very much a latecomer to rugby yeah. and then just completely eclipsed him. Yeah, he played it, started off at Otley, was it? Definitely then. But Will Johnson, definitely. Imagine being Will Johnson's <laughs> kids and how unimpressed they are. Any other kid would be like, my dad was a professional rugby player, played for <laughs> Leicester. Is, it, is Uncle Martin coming on anytime soon? The uh, back row conversation has just sparked another second row. Gone with a famous back row brother, Magnus Lund. Oh, oh brilliant yes. one, Eric Lund, who was formerly of Sedgley Park uh, and Leeds, went to Beeritz pretty much just because Magnus Lund was. He is there. a scary-looking man, though. Uh, incredibly the intimidating. Viking. Yeah, yeah, but not very aggressive. I think he might be let off this just for the fact that Magnus Lund isn't as good as we thought. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah, he, he got a dozen England caps or so. Yeah, and then he just disappeared, vanished. Are you? Proposing it could be the other way round then. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. We've got to the end of the forwards, but we, as, as you just heard, we need some help with front row or any other suggestions you want to make at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and we could give you a little shout next time. Backs then, scrum off. Okay, I'll kick off. Uh, Dave Andrew, brother of um, Rob. Rob Andrew, <laughs> plays for Darlington. He did, did three years ago. Really? Yeah. Wow. If any of you have got a better fly half than the one that I've got, I'll buy you all of here. <laughs> Go on then. No, I've got a brilliant winger. I can't uh, yeah, I can't I've got a few wingers, but no. They played in the same team, Mark Wilkinson. Oh, of course. <laughs> Thank you very much. Again, imagine being brother of the greatest player your country's ever produced. Exactly, exactly. What, what, what a sad existence. And also playing in the same club. They've, uh, they've got a clothing range together, the two of them. Have they really? Uh, but one of them features in the photography for the site. Which, which one do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was reading these, I think it's the stash brochure from a few, from a few years back. Um, and there was a model in the stash bro- brochure. And I recognised him because he used to play for Broughton Park and could make the team. And I'm sorry if you've already got it, Tom Foden. Tom Foden was the model in... What position did Tom it, Foden play? Is he, I think he's playing outside centre for Chester he, at well, the moment. That is, is, that is literally the only person I had to say. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate. Blake's sorry. been quiet, just biding his time, waiting for number 13 <laughs> to come around. Well. And yeah. So Tom Foden, uh, we can slot in at centre, potentially. I think so. There's a couple of Armitages. 
Is now. that a plural? Armitage-i? <laughs> <laughs> Armitages um, who haven't played for their country play in the centre. Bevan, who plays, still plays at Doncaster. And Guy Armitage, who's a London Irish, although he's only, Guy's starting now. He's only young, moment. yeah. So I think I think Bevan. It's just Bevan, really, no, isn't it? Um, Poor Bevan. Tom Foden and Bevan Armitage. Well, yeah. I've got two more. Number one is a Tualangi, Andy Tualangi. Yeah, um, Andy. I think that people just read, read the name Tualangi and think I've got a one in five chance of. Chance of <laughs> I'd hate hate to be the runt of that letter. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. Although I think I've got another starter for you and a potential captain, Dave Umanga. Because <laughs> there was the son and father. There's Mike, <laughs> yeah. who was uh, and Mike Umaga was was like Rotherham coach for a bit. Yeah. And after he played, had a good international career. Dave Umaga, tell us about Dave Umaga because well, Tanner, obviously, Tanner, New Zealand captain, well, legend. After after years of being overlooked by his family, he had a chance at redemption and played against his brother and really showed his brother what was what by losing thirteen seventy one. So um, Dave Umaga, no, thank you. I actually think I've got the captain right here when we go to the wings. Ooh. I'm curious what your wingers are, Phil. Because I want to see if we've got the same one. There's a, a picture that I sent everyone over the weekend that was of uh, <laughs> Josh North, the uh, oh. pen- pencil neck paper pusher, <laughs> Josh North. <laughs> Younger brother of George. We don't even know if he plays rugby. We're just just bullying him. (laughs) This is just bullying. Judging by that picture, he's uh, not as good as his brother. That was a picture off George North's Twitter of him at uh, Josh's graduation, wasn't it? Yeah, so congratulations to him on uh, (laughs) passing his degree. I think probably he did play rugby and then just saw how immense his brother was and went, (laughs) forget it. (laughs) Josh North, congratulations on your degree. If you've played rugby, you can be in this run of the litter 15. Otherwise, John Lomu. Oh. John Lomu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Younger brother of Jonah, obviously. He had a rather different role <laughs> during the World Cups of 1995 and 99. During those two World Cups where Jonah Lomu was changing the world of rugby, John actually had a stint playing in Wales. But he was once on the bench, not even in the 15, <laughs> on the bench for Ill Tidians. East Tidians or something like that. No idea. In a Swaylek Cup second round tie against Cumlet Linfell. Uh, he was on the bench, <laughs> so he didn't even make the 15, and he got sent off without even playing. Uh, there was no. a fracas going on between and the four. He joined in. <laughs> John Lomu ran off the bench to get in the middle of it, uh, got himself wasn't, sent off. Wasn't John Lomu famous for a little while, other than the rugby, for having. Um, the most expensive, the most expensive car stereo yes. system in the world. Most powerful, That's certainly. The one. Yeah, um, which is by the by. But I tell you what, if you were to read this team sheet, it'd be terrifying. <laughs> Umanga, Longmu, Foden, a bit left field potential winger. Um, so Ryan Giggs, oh, famously nice. son of a, of a rugby league player, ah. also played a bit of rugby league when he was younger, and has got a famous run to the little brother who could fill the wing position, Rodri Giggs. Um, well, it, it, that would make a change. Ryan's normally the one doing the filling <laughs> when it comes to those two brothers. <laughs> Again, not mentioning anything for legal reasons. Alex Tate. As a fullback. As a fullback to round off the 15. Yeah. Yes. Alex, Alex Tate. Any other fullbacks? And Alex Tate actually had a good game last Friday. We're going to hear from him in a minute. We are. Uh, and just to round it off, actually, um, a manager, Ed Miliband. <laughs> Well done, Jay. He always gets, his, gets it back round to politics in some way, shape or form. So there you go. We need a little bit of help. If you've got any more suggestions, then uh, please at Rugby Podcast on Twitter or eggchasers.com on the website and I'll stick that 15 up there. 
Now, he, he came up in that run of the litter 15, but now on the Egg Chasers podcast, we're going to hear from Alex Tate. Um, I had a little natter to him straight after Newcastle's first win in this season's Premiership away at Sale Sharks. Uh, I had a little chat to him about his recovery and also asked him, of all the people that have ever worn the fullback shirt, who wore it best? It's a shock to the system, um, this Premiership. Every game's 80 minutes and, and you know it's going to come for the 80 minutes. But that's why we want, we want to be here, that's why we want to play. We want to play at this high level and compete against these sort of players. I'm just happy we've got the result tonight and uh, we've just got to keep it there. How's the recovery after a, after a day like today? What, what, what's on, well, obviously on the bus back, do you, uh, do you let your hair down a bit? Uh, well, it's up to Dino <laughs> whether, he, you know, whether he stops at the offie or not. Um, he has done in the past. <laughs> probably bit, He probably did it a lot more last year than he probably will do this year. I think you've earned, you've earned that though, haven't you? Today? Yeah, we maybe earned a couple of beers, but we know we don't want to get overboard. Uh, we're two games in, uh, and we've got a very, very tough game up next week. So recovery and preparation is going to have to be top-notch. And then, what is it, on the sofa all day, watching, watching, <laughs> rug, watching rugby all day? Bit of, the, bit of the pool in the morning. Um, you know, might go for a bit of golf, but don't tell coaches. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, just wind down, ready to hit it hard on Monday. And one final question, we ask everyone, of all the players that have ever worn the number shirt you've had, you had to pick one. Well, the guy who played at the club, it's Matt Burke, like, he's unbelievable. And uh, I... I had the uh, opportunity to sort of see him in action when I was in the academy and uh, in full flight, he was pretty special. Uh, if I had a tenth of the amount of talent that bloke had, uh, it was unbelievable. He just goes through massive uh, walls of defence and uh, didn't, he used to call it Matt of the Match by the end because he used to get Matt of the Match every game. He's just uh, unbelievable. The thoughts of Alex Tate after that win. Big win for Newcastle Falcons away at Sale Sharks. He's grown a, a fetching beard as well as Alex, but... What do you make of his selection? Matt Burke, the greatest fullback of all time? Yeah, probably one of the best Australians ever. Him and uh, Chris Latham. Yeah. Both, both outstanding. Both that similar mould. They're just like massive. Don't look like they should be as athletic as they are. Yeah, and both. They had an incredible ability to look like they're travelling really slowly while <laughs> passing every single other player on the pitch. Would it, who it's else would get on the shortlist or maybe even overtake Matt Burke as the greatest fullback of all time? As having played fullback a decent amount, my two favourites are Jason Robinson who was just outstanding electric he was uh, mine as well he was <laughs> so have been that good at both codes Christian yeah. Cullen yeah. yeah Christian Cullen was my other one yeah. he was Christian Cullen just had he was exceptional and then just fell off the face of the earth yeah, just I, disappeared I, I looked him up he's only 37 now he went, he's, he's went, not been playing for a long time he went to Munster and did nothing yeah it was like he had 2006 like spells have been great again it'd be a shame if that tarnished his sort of legacy because like oh. you say there was, a, there was a while there he completely reinvented how, what it meant to be a fullback yeah I think he's still the top point scorer oh sorry top try scorer in the tri-nations one person who would fit in any era uh, Serge Blanco Oh, yeah, it was yeah. an awesome player, and I, I remember when I was first getting into rugby, like the '87 World Cup. I remember being really little and watching it, and it was that French back line. They had Berbizier, Scramar, Philippe Seller outside centre, Blanco at fullback. What I loved about him, he, he had gas, he had a step, lethal counter attacker, solid defence. He used to smoke fifty like high nicotine cigarettes every day, <laughs> and it's made all the better by the fact he's a massive porker now. He's he huge now. Isn't <laughs> Do you know the guy who I think would have been remembered was better if it wasn't for injuries is Matt Perry? But it might still be England's most capped fullback. Well, he- England have got a bit of a dilemma at the moment with kind of four fullbacks. The worst of whom, or the worst of whom, in my opinion, was starting the the Six Nations in uh, Good. Yeah, I do. He, yeah. He's out of 
Tate, Foden and Brown and Good, he's probably the, least, the, least the most then, conservative yeah, choice. least dynamic. And I can understand that he's got distributing skills so he can come in and play pivot and, and that kind of thing and his kicking is very good. But if you want someone who's going to get over the game line... So can we settle on one? I'll tell you what, Blake, you've been very quiet because obviously uh, it's all right. We haven't been talking about rugby league. If you had to... Oh, I, actually, now I know who no, you, you know you're going to pick. Now you know exactly who I'm going to say. Who Jason Robinson. Jason 100%. Robinson. I don't... His footwork was just so... It was electric, it was. I mean, he could he could step anybody. He would step around raindrops when it was raining when he was playing. He was a freak. And to cross codes, I mean, it was upsetting when he did. He'd achieved everything in rugby league, yeah. and he came across, and he, li- and he achieved everything. everything. Yeah. I'd, I'd be very yeah. happy with that. I'd struggle to find the best one. Done. Uh, now then, we come to that point of the podcast where it's, it's a chance to vent your spleen. It's a chance to get those gripes off your chest. And this can be rugby-related or non-rugby-related. Every rugby club has a man and a dog on the touchline. Uh, we've got JB's dog, Rudy. And we're now going to uh, find out what's making Rudy sad. I'll go first. Very, very, very casual. But uh, this weekend was the first weekend of the rugby championship. Not the one in the Southern Hemisphere, the actual real one. The, the Green RF- King IPA Correct. Championship. That's RF- the one. RFU Championship. Now, what they do, and they do this numerous times, and it's always annoyed me, but I've never had the actual forum to uh, express my annoyance, is they do the thing where they get all the captains of all the teams to go to a stately home or whatever the background is, and they hold the cup or they line up behind the cup, and they're all in their kits. But they wear trainers. They wear trainers on the grass. <laughs> and they look like they're wearing clown shoes. Yeah. Why don't they just, just wear boots? It looks so stupid, doesn't it? It is so stupid. It's almost goofy. Six, Six Nations, Heineken Cup, they yeah. all do it. And they're all walking in their full kit down, down a road, but with trainers on. It's often across a field, like striding purposefully across a field as if they're about to play with some nice white classics. Exactly. So trainers. That's, make, make that's Rudy. making Rudy very sad. <laughs> But I've got something that's made Rudy very sad this week. And again, it's, it's nothing to do with rugby, this one. Women thinking that your pockets belong to them. Mm. Like, I'm some sort of lip gloss Sherpa <laughs> on a night out. <laughs> they take little clutch handbags which fit nothing in and then expect you to carry everything else. And uh, it's not on, gentlemen, it's not on. I've got another thing that makes Rudy sad this week. Come on then, Phil. So, uh I think I was on Lovell Rugby earlier in the week looking for some all-important new stash. And there was an advert for X-Blades boot manufacturer and it featured two prominent stars from both codes of the game. So Rugby League, they had the dynamic, um, evasive Sam Tompkins, probably the biggest name in the game. The only name? The, uh, the only name in the game. <laughs> Who do you think they had for the Rugby Union star? Rupert Moon. it's clearly obviously by the line of question it's clearly someone who's not quite the same not quite of the same level so let's go with Tony Buckley (laughs) a little bit Danny Cipriani (laughs) a little bit better than Tony Buckley but not quite the same level John Hayes Uh, it was Old Mother Hibbard Richard Hibbard. Oh, wow! (laughs) So his his fat face and stupid blonde hair was stood next to Sam Tompkins. Is this a level rugby which advertises the cougar boots for the second rows and its tagline is... Provides great, great soft cushioning for when I land in the line-out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really? Does it? Great soft cushioning when I'm stamping on oppos- opposition's heads. <laughs> when I'm Nick Wooding the hell out of someone. 
I think we should end it there, gentlemen. Uh, Phil, Blake, JB, uh, thank you very much uh, for, for being here on the podcast again. Obviously, I'm Tim, and we are 24-7. You can catch us and agree with us or disagree with us, whatever, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, eggchasers.com on the website, and tell your mates and subscribe, and uh, we'll deliver the very next Egg Chasers podcast directly to you. Bye-bye.